Welcome to The Rough Puffs. I'm your host, Andrea Bennett. And I'm Kim Fu. Uh, this is a podcast where we rewatch and discuss The Great British Bake Off. We're up to Series 5, Episode 5, Tart Week. Yeah, pi- oh, pies and tarts. Um, and they start off with a custard pie, which in North America, I feel like we are more, we're generally more about like a, like a meringue pie or like a key lime pie, which are technically custard pies. But I don't think we think of them as custard pies exactly. We call them so, cream pies mostly, like a banana cream pie. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't eat that kind. Jamie and I went to a new pie place once, and we got a slice of peanut butter cream pie, and it was bad. And JP felt like that was not a fair test of the pie place. You know, he was like, it, oh, that was like... peanut butter cream? Yeah, he's like, that's too big of a swing. Like, you have to go back and, like, give him a fair shot with an <laughs> apple or something. Yeah, that's fair. I don't like... Oh, yeah, we've talked about this on the pod before. I don't like apple pie. I do enjoy a quote-unquote custard pie, especially if it's citrusy. So I was excited about this challenge. They get two and a half hours to do a, a custard pie. I guess we should mention... Um, so Ian went home last time, but somewhere between... These two airings, um, Diana also decided to drop out. Or she had a fall, I guess. She had a spill and um, and was going to have to miss too many episodes. And so she got booted. In the episode, they don't ex- say all of that. They just say, like, she fell ill. And then they have, like, little talking heads with the baker saying that they'll miss her. Martha calls her my grandma in the tent. Yeah. So that's a bit sad. And I guess people had thought that maybe she chose not to come back because she'd gotten, like, too much hate on Twitter. But but that the episode aired, like, after she'd had her spill and decided not to come back, I think. So, yeah. So there's some interesting ones here. Lewis says a tropical Manchester tart with passion fruit, orange, lime, and mango. And um, I can't remember if it's Sue or Mel that asks him, like, what makes it a Manchester tart? And he says, well, it's made by a Mancunian. <laughs> yeah. That's part of your dad's Twitter handle. Yeah, it is. Man- Mancunadian. I, get, I think people from Manchester are, like, extremely proud of where they're from or something. I don't know if this holds for, like, other areas of the country. Anyway. Um, Louise looks very, very neat at every stage. Like, it looks really neat at the trimming the pastry stage. It looks really neat coming out of the oven. Like, he gets a perfect level shine on his custard. And then when he, after he decorates it with the fan slices, it still looks incredibly neat. Um, Martha actually says, like, how does he do it every time? Yeah. (laughs) Well, he works as a designer. Although, I don't know if he's doing anything else that's, like, like hands-on. Like, if, you, if you're a graphic designer, sometimes there's lots of stuff you can do on your computer that doesn't exactly translate into, like, real-life execution. Speaking of Martha, she, hers sounds like it's going to be amazing. Pistachio, apricot, and honey custard tart. So it's, like, pistachio pastry in that. And she has, like, halved apricots, which it does look like a lot of apricot. Mm-hmm. But hers does not do well. It gets stuck in the pan... She's missing a glaze on the fruit. The pastry's not quite done. Paul doesn't like the flavor. It's just like she gets like panned, basically. And and the judges love Lewis's. And when they're talking about Lewis's, Martha is still in the background, like crying mm-hmm. about her 
ears. It's so sad. She looks quite red-nosed and ready-cheeked for most of the rest of the judging. So they're whole apricot halves, and she's got a ton of them across the top. And they are not candied in any way. Like, I believe she had, like, a drizzle of thinned honey on the whole thing, Mm -hmm. but it was not enough. Like, if you saw that, you would expect the apricots to be candied and glazed or glazed or macerated or something in some way, right? And, like, it is off-putting to look at. The texture of her custard is sort of weird. You know, like, it's very creamy, like, kind of a very lightly cooked scrambled egg kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, it's really, it's, it's sort of the first time I feel like in this season that she, that it really gets to her. And she says like, it's hard to work on something for two and a half hours and have them hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically all, no, definitely all, every single one of the bakers blind bakes their tart crust. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I made a tart this week too. So it was interesting to, I made my tart and then I watched everyone. But most of the custards go into the oven, like, not very thick, which was interesting. I didn't get a good look at Lewis's, but a lot of the other ones were very loose. And I think you can take a custard, like, a little farther on the oven and then blind bake the tart shell a little more. And then you know that it's going to kind of set for sure. Nobody had that problem though. Like nobody's was, nobody had underdone, that wasn't the, like that wasn't Martha's problem and everybody else had custard that set. Richard had a whole host of other issues. Like he was the yeah. only one who, who didn't pour the custard into the shell in the oven. Like he carried it over as is. Oh yeah. So the custard kind of like overflowed through the out to the outside of the shell. Like it got between the pastry and the pan. Um, and like Paul's main complaint was that like the orange didn't come through enough. Like the flavor wasn't coming through. Yeah. Paul was weird in this episode. He was um, like telling everybody what his criteria for judging them would be instead of doing the usual Paul thing where he like withholds that information and just makes like, hmm, hmm, I don't know. Weird. <laughs> like, and he makes weird mysterious faces. This time he's like, he told everybody like, this is the thing I'm going to be looking for from you. Uh, and I was going to say, like, most people did well, but, like, in addition to Martha and Richard having issues, like, uh, Chetna made a rice custard with a lot of fresh fruit, mm-hmm. like fresh mangoes and raspberries, um, that she intended to be, like, kind of mild. Like, it had a lot of different fruit flavors, um, and she intended it to not be too sweet and to have, like, a lot of mild flavors kind of, you know, ni- gently working together. Um, but then... So Paul thought the rice was undercooked, but then he also thought, you know, the flavors were just too weak. Um, they weren't, like, coming through. Uh, and in the talking head, she was like, shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have gone for gentle. You know, like, you should, you should go for the big bang. Yeah. Do you like rice pudding? No. JP does. I don't either. I, it's, the thing is, I really love savory rice porridges, and it's kind of hard to, for me to wrap my, wrap my head around. I think. I also, I love a lot of desserts that are made from like powdered rice flour, right? Like it's it's just, to me, it's like not, it's not the way to do it, I guess. <laughs> um, I was curious because I, I don't. And so um, I was trying to just keep an open mind about Chetna's because it's not appealing to me personally. But um, for my understanding of rice pudding, it's a very... It is a very, like, mild dessert. Or, no, sorry. She's not doing rice pudding, but she's kind of effectively doing rice pudding in a tart shell. I was hoping hers was going to be good, actually. But it's... I don't know if it's weird to double up on the the carb either. Like, because you have the tart shell. 
and then you've got rice in the curd area. And I feel like, yeah, it's always going to be a little bit like carb on carb. I feel like if you're going to turn rice into a dessert, the rice should be kind of obliterated. Like, I, I can see you yeah. cooking rice to the point where it is like a contiguous custard texture, right? Where mm. it no longer has grains. It, and it doesn't make you think of rice exactly. It's just sort of a delicious, fun, sticky, custardy texture. Uh, and yeah. But that's obviously not what she did. And that's not what rice no. pudding usually is. Like, rice pudding usually no. is still ricey. And I, I, don't, I don't get that. Yeah, it's I don't ricey. like that. I can't remember if I've talked about this on the pod or just like to you personally, Um, but we went, there was this like new, like fun beverage place that opened in the ID, like in in the International District, which is like Chinatown in Seattle. Um, And it had like a big line outside and it looked truly like, like a fun dessert drink. Right. And it was called like Yomi Rice X Yogurt. And I was like, okay, like fun new yogurt drink, whatever. I don't know. And then we went and we got it. And it's literally rice in yogurt. And so I was oh. I was drinking it and I was like, I don't know what I expected. Like, you know, it was, yeah. the description was on the tin. Like, well, I can't be upset now. Uh, and and it's, which is, which is like, not like a fun dessert beverage, right? It's like a very hearty, healthy breakfast, I guess. Yeah. I really like bubble tea which i was thinking like i wonder what i would dislike about that is it the fact that there are like solids and liquid but i really like bubble tea but rice and yogurt is not appealing to me it is it bears no relation to bubble tea they're not in the same universe of products oh my god it's probably like the like millionaire shortbread versus um Oh, what was his name? He who made like the breakfast bars with quote unquote yogurt icing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. <laughs> oh dear, I love bubble tea. I want a bubble tea now. Um, I wanted to ask you what tart of of the ones that we saw was your favorite. What did you want to eat? I was not super excited about any of these. Uh- Oh. I do really like a custard tart. Like I like, I love pastry. I love custard, uh, but none of these seemed very exciting. You know, like like I really love a basic lemon tart, um, but it's not exciting to see that on GBBO. Like which is what Norman does, right? As is his mo. It's like he goes super simple, and it doesn't pan out for him super well because for the same reason it always does, right? He also goes really ham on the powdered sugar. That was so weird. Did you notice that? He went, yeah. It was a lot of powdered sugar. Yeah, so he does a tart of citron. It's more like, in my notes, I put, like, more of a tart au revoir. <laughs> yeah, Paul does that thing that you were saying that he was doing, which is to tell him exactly what he wanted out of the tart of citron, and then, unfortunately, Norman didn't deliver. He said it had to be perfect. It was If it was going to be simple, it had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Norman seemed to take that as, like, well, I better put a lot of icing sugar. To be clear, he didn't dust the icing sugar. He, like poured from a bag of icing sugar just dumping it on top and it was like that's how you make it look nice you put on a lot of icing sugar and it's like that's not at all how you use icing that's sugar that's not how you it has to be it has to snow down from a sieve my friend i think it's in the opening for gbbl <laughs> norman seemed a little bit checked out this episode in the way that i was saying it's like i feel like it's the first time we saw martha kind of upset and kind of 
agitated and really feeling the pressure. I feel like with Norman, it was the opposite. Like Norman was too relaxed. He was too chill. He like wasn't going to stress himself out about it. You know, he was like, I'm going to bake what I'm going to bake and they're going to think what they think. And it's, it's all fine. He, he seemed like he had given up a little bit. I felt like this episode Um, to your question. I would, I would pick Nancy's kind, but not because of, the flavor combination inherently. Like hers was a chocolate pastry crust and a passion fruit custard. And I'm not that excited about that flavor combination, but it's just that hers, I feel like, came out well, like came out the best, right? It looked really beautiful. She uses kind of like a weird piping technique where she kind of makes, it's not swirls, but it's kind of like wormy loops. That sounds not good, but it looks cool. It's like a popular modernist design in art. Like I actually have a sweatsuit with that design on it. Oh. From like it, that's like a you know a collab with a Brazilian street artist or something. But it's it's the same type of squiggle. <laughs> um, in that vein, it's it's sort of interesting to think about like different ways of doing chart design. Like whether you go the modern, the ge- or like geometric or classic or simple or whatever Kate does a swirl on hers she's a rhubarb and custard tart that's not rhubarby enough mm-hmm. and she does just like a straight up swirl which like she could have drawn the lines out to make it kind of like cheesecake-y looking yeah you know how you yeah get, you do like cheesecake swirls mm-hmm. but so I'm with you I think the design looked very simple and not that interesting uh, but the judges actually liked it the judges liked the swirl during this segment, uh, Mel says to Nancy, are you a tart or a pie? And, it, and I wanted to ask you that. <laughs> they're both, they both decide oh. they're tarts. But they mean it in the saucy way. Like they're comparing their blonde oh. bouffants and they're saying, well, we're, we're tarts. Uh, maybe I'm a savory top crust only pie. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I aspire to be a tart. Why are you a savory top crust pie? Um, it's like a workhorse pie. Hmm. It's a dinner pie. It's a no-nonsense pie. But you aspire to be a shiny glazed tart? Well, I mean, who doesn't really? But we all have our strengths and weaknesses. What about you? Are you a tart or a pie? I'm a pie. I'm a double crust pie, yeah. for sure. I feel like tarts are... They're shiny and beautiful, and they're, like, about the decorative flair, and they're really hard to make. And You have such nice outfits. I wear overalls all the time. I hear tart, and I think of, you know, in the in the window of the French patisserie. Yeah. I think I am not immediately appealing. <laughs> I think you got you got to cut into me to get to the gooey center. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, dear. All righty. Well, I mean, you were just talking about your fancy sweatsuit that has a Brazilian... Swoopy. It, it's a sweatsuit though. Like it's it's a sweatsuit yeah. and sweatpants for hanging right. out in the house. So you're a fancy pie. You're a fancy pie. The center of the pie has fancy stuff in it. All right. <laughs> Technical challenge this week is mini pear pies. They have to take a perfectly poached pear, surrounded and surround it with spirals of rough puff pastry, and bake it until golden brown. Um, Norman says it seems quite straightforward martha says like i've never even poached a pear so it's gonna be interesting to see how it unfurls um unravels for some paul says that the challenge here is to test their timing because you have to cool the pear and chill the dough i did not want to make this myself because i don't want to eat it because it's boring to me but it looks cool in the 
platonic ideal pair? I would enjoy eating it. You know, it's just a poached pear in wine and sugar and orange zest and cinnamon, right? Yeah. For the pitch poaching liquid. And then it's wrapped in pastry. Like there's what's not to love. But I do feel like the level of difficulty to flavor ratio is not great. I feel like it's like hard to make for not that exciting of a flavor. Yeah. Richard's was, I was going to say the funniest, which I feel like sounds really mean. <laughs> but um, Richard rolled the dough way too thick and he kind of knew that immediately. Uh, and then he cut in strips and where everyone else and what you were supposed to do was encase it entirely in pastry. He did kind of, he did, he wrapped the the hair like it was wearing a bandage dress, you know, (laughs) like it was just like a kind of crisscrossed abstractly (laughs) and like still like a lot of mostly pear was visible. Uh, And then he put it on while the pear was too hot and it kind of just sloughed off in the oven. So it looked to me like the pear was wearing a like dress yeah the pair was wearing a sexy dress and then the pair took it off where it was standing (laughs) and there was like a puddle of sexy dress at the pair's feet (laughs) oh dear poor pair poor richard yeah he comes in seventh and everyone else they kind of they run out of time they do really run out of time Mm -hmm. and so at the near the end of the challenge everyone is saying like oh better bang it in and turn up the heat a bunch yeah everyone's like well i think it needs 20 minutes but the challenge is over for 10 minutes so i'll just turn up the oven i don't know like it yeah it's total madness at the end nightmare um so richard comes in seventh lewis comes in sixth norman's in fifth nancy's in fourth kate's in third chetna's in second and martha's in first which is nice for martha martha has a really nice like redemptive arc in the technical because i feel like she's so rattled Mm. and upset by the signature and she's like she seems really pressured and sort of wrung out like her she has that i've cried myself out face you know like it's like she's like Mm. burst the capillaries in her face from crying so much you know going into the technical and so i was so happy that like she did so well in fact she's sort of the only one who did it remotely well actually like when paul comes out to judge he does that like exhaling heavily out his nose kind of thing like uh, you know like to <laughs> look at this mess um what are we looking at Ugh. and then what, the way mary describes martha's is it shows it can be done yeah <laughs> like, it wasn't yeah. impossible martha did it <laughs> and i felt really good for her i was really glad that she came back from that because i think if it was me who had had martha's Martha's morning and then got faced with this very this actually the very long technical challenge I would have just kept spiraling I think like I would have just kept getting more and more crushed by the pressure Uh, and so I was really impressed by her bouncing back so well yeah go Martha should we go to Andrea's baking corner um before we do I wanted to mention that there was a historical segment that I'm going to guess was cut from the CBC (gasps) gem again it was cut how rude. Well, okay, can you summarize it for us? Yeah, it was about uh, weird bridal food traditions. Um, oh. So one was a bride cake that the groom used to break over a bride's head for good luck. Uh, one was couples would kiss over a pile of, sc- of scones and biscuits, which sounds great, okay. actually. That sounds better than a cake. I don't know about it happening in the COVID era and then all of those things being eaten but, you know. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I mean, how aggressively are they kissing over the scones? They just got married, Kim. 
Um, but the main the main focus was on the bride pie, which were these like individual meat pies filled with aphrodisiacs. And the main one, which oh you God. would have really hated, was lamb testicles. So they showed like oh, no. a big pink platter of big pink testicles. And oh, Mel like no. picked one up and like swung it around. Uh, <laughs> And but so apparently the tradition was you'd put a glass ring in one of the meat pies, and then whoever found it, it you know, amongst their lamb testicles and, and uh, artichokes and ox sweetbreads and stuff, so like all mostly weird random organ meats, um, they would be the one who would get married next. It was like throwing the bouquet, and then Mel tries to put it on the historian's finger and get him to marry her. Does he accept gratefully? Or? He kind of is, like, going along with the joke for a bit, but starting to get freaked out after a while. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, thanks for the summary. Creepy. Um, I've never really been that into the bouquet throwing, but, you know, I prefer it to the alternative now that I know what the alternative is. Yes, you did not have to see the, the lamb testicles, so. Thank God. Thanks to CBC Joe. <laughs> For my bake this week, I made a mango curd tart, and initially I was going to do a geometric design on top with kiwi and dragon fruit. Um, There's a really cool baker who does amazing geometric designs on her pies and tarts and stuff, and I'll share the link when we put the show out. But I had these miniature cookie cutters on order that I was going to use to like punch out the shapes and they had not shown up like geometric cookie sh- cutters and so um I can you be more specific like what shapes were they to form this geometric yeah design? so okay so I was gonna do diamonds and cut them into triangles probably I hadn't totally worked it out I was gonna actually like measure the pie shell and kind of work it all out but they didn't arrive so um because it's I got a set that's like there's a big one that's not very big and then a medium and like a tiny one so I was gonna kind of figure it out and I also got a pat I got a passion fruit um so it ended up being I had I had a miniature cookie cutter that is a cat head and so I punched out a bunch of cat heads. Sinclair and I did. Um, kiwi, dragon fruit, and passion fruit. And um, that's, I put cat heads. <laughs> it looks very cute. It, lo- it I mean this, I mean this as a compliment. <laughs> uh, it looks like. <laughs> that's how all good compliments well, start. I think most people would take this as a compliment, but I think you might not. <laughs> um, I think it looks like. The Instagram mommy bloggers, you know, who have these like really, these really perfect, like cutesy desserts. Like when you see it, they're like fun thing you can do with your kid. And you're like, this is absolutely not a thing I can do with my kid. Like that kind of dessert because it like looks too nice. That's, that's, I think the vibe of the fruit cat heads on top of the tart. They're placed in neat rows and they fill the entirety of the top. It's, it's not like you chuck them on. Do you know what I mean? Like they're artful. (laughs) I did place them. When I look at it, I... Okay, so my fruit was maybe, like, a little bit more ripe than you would 100% want for this, which made it tasty, but it makes it harder to get really thin slices because it's softer. And so, to me, the slices aren't consistently thin enough. 
some of them are a little bit bigger than other ones uh, depth wise and then for the placement it's not perfect to me <laughs> but I think it's okay I think it's okay but I when I look at it I see it's flaws but then I think that I probably have an eye that is similar to Lewis but then I don't exactly have I don't have exactly his ability to pull off like perfection but I think it's okay I think it's fine it's and I actually purposefully if you look at the kiwi ones I cut them so that they that the center with the seeds that it would be different Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to all be the same. Mm-hmm. So that part was purposeful. But I think Sink and I did a good job. And she did actually, those are some of her cat heads on there. So The edges are very neat of the cat heads. Like they have very mm. defined ears. Like I, like I would have Thanks. thought if the fruit was overly ripe for this purpose that, you know, that the edges would be a little mushier. Yeah, we found it. We found it frustrating. Sink and I both found it frustrating. She, her, she has as much patience as I do, which is sad for me because I'm old. Oh, the other funny thing that happened with this. Well, there are two things I would do differently next time. For the cat heads, it was like the first time I'd ever tried anything like this. So it was kind of just fun to give it a shot. Um, the recipe gave me the option of just pressing the pastry into the tart pan instead of chilling it, rolling it out, draping it over. And so I was like, all right, I'll press it in. And next time I would roll it out because I could get it thinner if I rolled it out. Press it in without rolling it out first? Yeah, just like chuck it in there and just kind of use your hands and press it in. And especially with gluten-free dough, it's like, yeah, of course. And you try to get it to a a regular thickness. But I think it's, I could have gotten it thinner if I rolled it out and was a bit more like patient with it. And then the other thing is, oh man, so I blind baked mine. But I'd never used baking beans before, and I forgot to look up what I was doing. And you're supposed to put in, like, parchment paper or something. <laughs> I didn't. I just chucked them in. And so um, <laughs> my pie has a lot of secret divots. I it can't. It's quite funny. I can't look at the first picture <laughs> in your series. When I'm scrolling through the pictures, if I, like accidentally land on that one I I feel so upset and I like shudder because I'm one I'm one of those like trypophobia people right who like you can't look at something like it it's like a perfect trypophobia image you know like it's exactly what you would use to demonstrate the the phobia to other people to show them the kind of the worst kind of image I had to tweet it out with a trigger warning you do you do it's so it's it's so upsetting for a segment of the population it has those millions of like Perfectly even holes all smushed together. It's <laughs> oh, man. And then the other funny thing that I did, or not, it's not as ridiculous, but so uh, with a mango curd tart, there's some lemon juice in here because you want to bump the acidity up a bit and have it, I don't know, makes the flavor more interesting and more delicious. But you make it on the in a double boiler or like, bowl over simmering pot of water before you pour it in to the crust and I took mine as I mentioned earlier to like a further state than most of our bakers on the show mm-hmm. um which is fine but then when I checked it in the oven it said it would take like 15 or 20 minutes if the curd was warm the recipe I was using and so I did the first 15 it was still like slightly too loose um, I'm used to working with uh, lemon or lime or yuzu for this kind of thing because I usually make a meringue. 
and the natural properties in citrus make it come together quicker, the curd, and so mango you have to be more patient with. So it took a while, Um, but then I didn't set a five-minute timer, and I just had that sense of, like, I forgot. I forgot to set a timer. And I had that like, oh, why is my timer not gone off? And so I went over and was like, oh, fuck. I did not set one. And so I took my curd just a bit over. It's nothing um, like if you look at the naked one, you'll see like it has a tiny it has a couple cracks, tiny cracks. And so it doesn't actually it's not a big deal, but it wouldn't be perfect by Paul's standards. And I, you know, I look at that and I'm like, "Eh." but when we cut into it, like if you look at the images where I cut in, it does hold perfectly and it looks nice and clean. If you look too closely to like the bottom ones, um, you can see uh, the um, evidence of Oh my the god, I didn't, I didn't notice that until just now. <laughs> the bottom looks like wavy, like you have a, like an ocean wave pattern along the bottom of the slices. <laughs> Oh, wow. I did not notice that at all. Because I was focused on, as you said, like the custard looks really good, right? It has like such a nice clean cut. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. Or like a like a platform <laughs> sandal that has traction on the bottom. Oh, man. Yeah, I am. Um, I didn't. I really liked the mango curd, although I tired of it before Will did. He ate more of the tart than I did. When I do this again, I'm going to I haven't found a tart recipe like the crust part that I really love Mm. I'd be super curious to try it'd be I think it would be fun to do like a Terry's chocolate orange like a chocolate crust and a and an orange curd and see how that goes but I I do enjoy a tart of citron stuff I I haven't found a, a crust I love although we had people over for dinner they brought a tart of citron they made that was gluten free that was super tasty her crust was a little bit flakier and a little bit more pie-ish. Mine is kind of like the almond. It has some almond flour in it, which I thought I would like and I kind of like, but I I don't know. It was a little bit too like buttery. I don't know. Not flaky enough. We'll see. Hmm. I could have also rolled it thin and not battered it with baking beans. Well, we look forward to hearing about your Terry's chocolate orange tart next. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I really want to make? And I don't know what it was about this episode that made me think about it but i really want to make like homemade pop tarts with like rough puff pastry i watched decades of pop tart commercials before i ever ate one and it was very disappointing oh that would be really disappointing you gotta acquire the tastes in childhood when you don't know any better so they get four and a half hours to do a three-tiered pie that must self-support and when i saw this Like, when I saw this as an option, I didn't remember watching this episode, this part of this episode in the past. And so when I thought self-supported, I thought, like, it had to be a stack. Like, you couldn't use, like, anything else. Like, Mm, like no um, dowling, no supports. Like, no nothing, which is not true. But the only person who who doesn't use any of that stuff is Chetna, actually. Mm -hmm. She just makes a stacks but i also wasn't super into the idea of making three pies yes <laughs> also you know i feel like the ones who did it well made multiple types of uh pie crust which oh just God, seems like so yeah. much effort and multiple fillings and it and also most of them did 
I think nobody did all sweet, right? Like, people either did all savory or a mix of sweet and savory. Yeah. Which, like, fair enough, because no one really wants... You don't want to be eating... Although, I guess when they have, like, the wedding cake challenges, it's always... It's not like you have a savory cake in the center of there to yeah. switch I can totally see why... Like, the, the kind of occasion in which you would want three sweet pies stacked on top of each other. Yeah. I guess at Thanksgiving, there's usually... Yeah. More than one dessert yeah actually thanksgiving is a is like would be a great purpose for that um mm-hmm. but mostly people is mostly pork there's a lot of pork there's a lot of pork and a lot of hot water crust which i have literally never made in my life they all talk about how structurally sturdy it is richard said you could build a house out of it probably it's like the hot gingerbread of yeah pastry yeah i have to be fully honest about this challenge there was no one who described what they were making where I was like, ooh, yum, I cannot wait to eat that or imagine eating that myself. It was kind of just like, okay, all right. What, was it me or did they kind of like skip over what Chetna was doing? Like they, they never really explained in detail what was inside Chetna's pies. Like there was a discussion about she had a, brought a lot of spices and there was like one shot of some kind of filling going into the pie that looked to me, that actually looked really good. It was like very vibrantly colored and it was like onions yeah, and yeah. meat. But I feel like they never told, told us what hers were and hers sort of like looked the best to me and I don't even know what it was. Yeah, you're right. I have it in my notes. All I have is like fusion tiered pies. She seems to be the only one with an actual self-supporting tower. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then... It's interesting, on Wikipedia, Kate's trio is described as rhubarb, prune, and apple pies, but then in real life, like on the show, they're all pork. It's like pork and rhubarb, pork and prune, yeah. pork and apple coolie, respectively, which is like, whoa. I can, you know, I think they do pork for its structural reasons, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's going to keep the pie standing? Yeah, but it's, I don't... I don't really understand what a what a traditional pork pie is because like what cut of meat is this right because in my head it'd be like oh it'd just be ground pork right but it's not because when it's cooked it's bright pink in several cases right and it's very very solid and it's it can't just be like the mix-ins that are creating this texture like like it is it is some kind of pork product that they all accept as like this is or pork product or pork cut that they all accept is like this is what yeah. goes in a pork pie. I don't know what this is. I wish I could tell you. Yeah, this is not my area of Britishness. I I would not. I just would not touch it with a ten foot pole. I was conceptually interested in eating Martha and Norman's, and then they both kind of don't go very well in the end. No. Martha has a chorizo pie, and then a pulled pork and sweet potato pie, and then a pork and apple pie. But she, like, flavored the pie crust itself in, like, with paprika, and it, it sounded, like, really interesting. And Mary said it was good, but then she has a plumbing problem, is what she calls it. Like, the chorizo pie springs a leak, and it's just, like, gushing out pork fat, like, liquid, hot liquid pork fat. And she, like, <laughs> catches it in a Pyrex pitcher and then chucks it back in the oven to try to dry it out a little. But then, of course, like... You know, it's all, overcooked. Uh, well, it, yeah, it burns. Like all that pork fat on the outside of the pie, like burns to shit, yeah. right? Yeah, and I feel like that one was really sad because I think 
you know, of all the super porky ones, that one sounded the best, I think. And then Norman's is like a full meal that I would want to eat. Like the bottom pie was venison and haggis. And then there was like a fish course of like haddock and cheese. And then a raspberry passion fruit pie uh, with lavender meringue. Like that's, it sounded great. It sounded like a great three course meal. But apparently, like all of the pies went terribly. This is the one that is memorably it that memorably memorably does not hold together. Like mm-hmm. when they cut into his passion fruit meringue pie, it absolutely falls apart. And then he put lavender in the egg white, which I think maybe you could do with like the world's lightest touch. But he apparently like way over lavendered it, and to the point where like Paul's like, "What the fuck did you do to this pie?" Mid-episode, uh, Sue tastes his meringue. <laughs> I feel like the hosts have never said anything negative about their bakes ever when they're tasting, right? The hosts are always nice about the tasting. Even Sue is like, hmm, that, uh, that, that really tastes of lavender. And, like, <laughs> you kind of wander so Like, even the hosts can't be nice about it. Yeah. They also, they, there's a shot of them kind of, like, hacking up the haggis pie, and it all, like, crumbles to pieces, and it's very sad. Yeah, it does look bad. For Nancy, she makes a trio of apple pies. You know, again, like, weird. They've got weird meat things in them. Mm. <laughs> But she hand raises her pies. Nancy's is the one I want to eat based on how it all turned out. I am fine with eating chicken and apple. And then there's like a, you know, a creamed apple and then blackberry and apple. Like I, those all sound great to me. That also sounds like a good th- three course meal. Not as good as Martha's and Norman's sounded, but it definitely came out way better than Norman and Martha's. Definitely came out way better. Yeah. Richard makes a steak and ale pie, a chicken mushroom, and a pear and apple with a frangipan layer. Which, if I had to choose one, I would choose Richard's based on the flavors, I guess. Um, Apparently, you're not supposed to put frangipan in the bottom of things, unexposed heat. That is what Paul says. He says frangipan needs to caramelize. So doing it this way is like you can't taste it at all. This is like Richard's first bad week in five episodes. This is like the first time Richard doesn't do well. And he kind of doesn't do well like in all three challenges. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He kind of has a bad... He has an off week. But thankfully for him, someone has a more off week. I I wanted to say uh, I thought Lewis's pies would have been like a specific nightmare for you because they're decorated to look like fruit pies. Like they have like beautiful glazed fruits on top. And then on the inside, there's four pies with different meats. It's like duck, venison, chicken, pork. Yeah. And I was just imagining like how upset you would be cutting into those pies. Ooh, fruit pie. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Very, yeah, very much so. I don't fully understand the idea of deceiving your eater that way. (laughs) I don't think that's the intention. I think the intention is that these specific fruit pairings go well with these different meats. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. I think, yeah, unfortunately this is just, like, not the showstopper for me. Also, I mean, I don't like, I never like any of the wedding cake ones either, to be honest, because... It's just I, I don't, maybe I don't like a tear. Maybe that's maybe that's our problem. It does seem again like a difficult for difficult sake type thing, which we've talked yeah. about you not liking. Like for you, it's like if you're gonna if it's gonna be hard, it has to be because it makes it taste better. Yeah, yeah. Or there's something about the presentation. Yeah, I don't know. When James does the uh, Perry breast that's shaped like a bike, that's like fun. 
<laughs> and challenging, you know, tricky. Uh, yeah, I guess technically, like if you don't think tears improve it aesthetically, then they it's truly just hard for hard's sake, right? Like it didn't improve yeah. the aesthetics and it doesn't improve the flavor. That's basically it for me personally, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I am I was impressed by Chetna being able to actually literally stack rose. I would have taken it like she did, like extremely literally. (laughs) So it was great. I was grateful to see, you know, one of my favorite bakers on this series taking it literally like me. Maybe she had, um, doubt, like internal doubting that we didn't see. Like it was just, she didn't have like a legs between the layers. She just had like dowels internal to the layers for structural support. It's possible. So Kate is star baker. They talk about her being, like, for so many weeks, being, like, always the, a bridesmaid, never at the bride. Like, which I, th- which I think is true. I think she's been sort of, like, in the in the upper third, like, you know, in all episodes so far. And it's nice to see her have a win. Uh, I was going to call her Triple Pork Kate. But, there, you know, there's so many Triple Pork contestants. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then and Norman goes home. And as I said, yeah. he, seems, he seems really ready. He's kind of... I, I, I feel like he's gone as far as he wants to, sort of. Like, he's not willing to push himself in the way that would help him keep going. Like, and I think he just feels like it's yeah. not worth the stress, sort of. Poor Norman. Well, yeah, I, bet, I mean, you made it halfway through. This is the part at which I think it gets hard. So Richard and Martha were also on the chopping block, and they're both extremely good, right? Like, they, yes. they both just had their sort of their first bad weekend. And Martha was still first in the technical, even. Like, that was, like, a bad weekend yeah. for Martha includes being first in the technical, right? Yeah, yeah it, it is a very strong group, and it will be very tough from now on. This has been the Rough Puffs. Uh, your hosts are Andrew Bennett and Kim Fu. You can find us on Twitter at Rough Puffs or on Instagram at The Rough Puffs. We both also write books. Andrea's most recent is Like a Boy But Not a Boy in Essay Collection, and my next one actually it might i don't know if it's going to be out or not by the time this episode comes out um but it is lesser known monsters the 21st century a story collection congrats to kate whose tart art won hearts and so long norman whose tart art was not off the charts went for a rhyme this week again (laughs)